Hello, Life Uplifters! I'm Astuti Marto Sudirjo and welcome to Uplift My Life Today, the podcast. This episode is a story of one igniting oneself and many others. This is a story of a woman who managed to overcome crisis in different times of her life. And each time, she elevates herself to a higher level of conscious living, intentional living. This is the story of J.B. Owen. I get to know J.B. through Mind Valley Tribe last year. In the beginning of this year, she launched a new project of bringing together 35 women to write down their stories on how they overcame life crisis and to put them all together in one book. That book contains not only reflections but also sharing the how each of these ladies did it. This book is called Ignite Your Life for Women and it is one of Amazon's best sellers. I was also one of those women and I shared how I rose back from the burnout that I experienced at the end of 2008 and how I thrive differently in my life since. JB is an impressive and fun woman and I really feel strongly that her story, her life story, her mission would speak volume to many of us. Enjoy! Hi everybody, it's great to have you back here with us again today and joining us today for our intentional living episode, a very special guest all the way from Canada, JB Owen. Hey JB! <laughs> Hey, so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm just delighted to connect with you. Welcome. Thank you for being here. I'm grateful that you are here. So first of all, I just want to say that JB is one of the people that immediately comes to my mind when I think about three words, courage, commitment, and dedication. I just want to say it first and foremost. And I am so very grateful that I have crossed paths with JB. She is the powerhouse and the woman who gave birth to this beautiful book series called Ignite You. And for those of you who just started to join this podcast, I am actually one of the uh, contributing authors in the first book in this series called Ignite Your Life for Women, when I shared my journey in lifting myself up from burnout to being more peaceful in my life. Now, JB holds a lot of roles in her life. And among others, <laughs> she's laughing now, are mother, wife, and CEO of three companies that I know of, JB. You can correct me. This is Ignite You, Lotus Liners, and JVO Global. So JB, again, welcome, and thank you for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I, I love that. I had to write it down. Courage, 
dedication and determination. Uh, three very valuable words. And thank yes. you for commitment, you commitment, those. courage, ah. commitment, and dedication. Got it. <laughs> so those are the three words that I mean, when I combine this, I said, ah, JB, this is, this looks like JB. <laughs> so intentional living series is all about how different individuals live their life intentionally. So JB, this episode is about you sharing your journey and also some tips for others who want to manifest the life of their choices, okay? And I'd like to start off this chat by visiting your power quote in the Ignite Your Life for Women book. And it reads like this, the most successful people make other people successful. I thought this is super powerful. Mm. So is this reflecting your intentional right right now i would say a hundred percent i mean i i I'm, I'm like many people i've i've tried lots of things I've, I've i've taken on challenges and new ideas and i always wanted to be successful at them and many i was successful and many i failed at and what i i learned through all the trials and tribulations of that was success really came to me when I stepped into the role of helping other people become successful with their good app. Okay. And I found such reward and my own personal success when I was focused on how to help others succeed in what is true to them. Mm, powerful. Where should we start? How about take us on a journey? that leads you to where you are today with all these multiple roles in your life and, and very successful in fulfilling these roles that you choose? Sure, easy enough. I mean, we can talk about all the wonderful things that are successfully happening in my life now, but you know, I'll, I'll take you back a little. There was a very distinct time when my life wasn't successful and I was on the same sort of hamster wheel as many other people trying to make money, trying to keep up with the Joneses, trying to meet all of these, these high markers and these bars that I had put upon myself and, and really just chasing my tail about the money, the house, the cars, the pool, the travel, the trips, the schools, all of that. And, and it was in looking back, it was a lot like chasing my tail because I was doing so many things to achieve different accolades or different markers that weren't really my own. They were sort of a societal expectation or, you know, a, what my friends were up to, or just some, you know, something I'd seen in a magazine or something I'd read somewhere. And I thought, oh, I should strive for that. And I would say, you know, every single time I, I reached for the brass ring, I didn't make it because it wasn't authentically true mm. integrally into who I was and what I stood for. And so the failure was wonderful in all yeah. honesty because it wasn't meant to happen because that really wasn't what was authentically true for me. Okay. And there were a lot of things that actually were teaching you about this, right? Like in different parts of your life, different years, different cycles. What has been the most, the, the one that is teaching you the most that shaped you where you are today? I would definitely say, you know, it's, well, it's been a journey. I, I would say I've have really, I'm really distinctly uh, have four quadrants in my life that I constantly work on health and health, my health and my, and my fitness, uh, my relationships, obviously my finances, and then my love life. I mean, I really struggled with relationships in some ways because I was looking for the wrong person. I wasn't filling my needs. I wasn't really growing within myself. 
uh, my parenting. I'm a real advocate for uh, being a conscious parent, a mindful parent, present parent. <laughs> and I really had to work hard on what I call earning my kids love and, um, you know, winning back their respect. Um, so I, I take parenting really serious. My finances have also been, you know, we all play the financial game of up and down and, you know, we just make enough or we make enough to cover it. Or we, you know, where there's this, this relationship we have with money and then with my health. And so all of those things actually boil down to relationships and relationship with self, relationship with others, relationship with money, relationships, uh, you know, with my own ambition. And so I would say the building of relationships, the working on relationships is probably the number one thing. And to dial it back even more from that, the big thing I say to myself and everyone when they say like, what's the one thing I should do? What's the one course I should take? What's the one thing that's going to get me to where I want to go? And my answer is know thyself. Know mm -hmm. thyself. I mean, it's so simple, but if you really unpeel the layers of it, knowing who you are in relationships to finances, in relationship to your health, who you are as a, as a woman, as a mother, as, a, as an individual, as a parent, as a business leader, knowing yourself, knowing the deep, deep, deep recesses of who you are is for me the win in it all. That is what motivates, drives me and propels me forward is because every single day I work on myself. Yeah. Who is JB? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting. Last night I was watching a television show and the guy said, what is your psychological profile if you were to analyze yourself? And I thought, oh, what if I did that? So it's great that you asked me on, you know, 24 hours later. I, so I'm a chameleon. Uh, I'm a Gemini by birth. And so I have this incredible, insatiable love for people and, and socializing and, and fun and, and activity and newness and, and stimulation and sparkle and uh, and yet I have these moments where I just love to be by myself. I, I love to immerse myself in a craft or in a project, even a puzzle. Like I just love quiet time, but I love challenge and I love puzzles and figuring things out and, and, and finding the solutions to everything. And I think that's one of the keys that has made me so successful in business is because there's no such thing as no for me. And that's one of my big philosophies. If someone says, no, we can't do that, or no, it's not possible, or no, you know, I'm not interested. I just don't believe in no. I think no means another option. Like it means, you know, there's just another option to it. And I think my, my desire to solve problems and to meticulously figure things out allows me to pivot in business. And, and that's what makes business successful is you're always going to have things coming at you. And when you pivot, and you realign and reassess and, and put time into new resources and different things, you can always find another way to keep going. And so mm. I would say that's a big part of me, but yeah. um, on a more personal level, I, I love to have fun. I think that fun is the most important thing. That's one of my key values is, is it fun? <laughs> what do you <laughs> want to do? Well, is it going to be fun? And so I love fun. I'm super passionate about about women, supporting mm. women, supporting young girls. That's a real big thing for me. Uh, I'm a real advocate for being there for our kids and really uplifting the new generation of mm. young people. I love to inspire the mind and I'm just all out, no matter what, I'm creative. I am always creating something, building something, designing something, painting something, crafting something, <laughs> doodling something. I'm just, I can, I'm a nonstop creator. Listen, 
every time I speak about the process of creating the first book, everybody always says, my God, this is really fast. And by now, how many books have you published now? Yes, we just went bestseller on our third and fourth book. Our fifth book is going to uh, launch in three weeks and we've already have six and seven filled. There you so go. <laughs> yeah. This is one of many testaments that you are, you are a creator, like an, a constant creator. There's a number of things that I wanted to go in deeper a little bit. Then maybe I will touch on the parenting. Sure. I think you, you mentioned about being present as parent or being present parent. What have you learned on being a present parent? Yeah, I can get on my soapbox about this one. So just be aware. So, you know, I was, uh, I'm, I'm a latchkey kid and grew up with an entrepreneurial parents and grew up, you know, really looking back very um, alone as a kid because my parents were always working. And I had a lot of time on my hands to sort of keep myself busy and be self-regulated. It was an interesting journey as a kid because I didn't really like that my parents were never around. But the fact is I grew up to be almost identical when my kids were born, I didn't really have the, the child manual of how to take care of kids. So I just did what I witnessed and I worked a lot and I, you know, always sort of put my kids kind of on the back burner in a lot of ways uh, because work came first. When my daughter was three, I often tell a story how she woke up in the middle of the night and called out the nanny's name. And that was really a major ignite moment for me because I realized like, what was I working for? What was I making all this money for? What was I doing? My own children were relying more on someone else than they were on me. If, if that moment when a child wakes up in the middle of the night and they're terrified and they're scared of the dark and their instinct is to call out to someone that they know is going to help and save them. And my daughter's instinct was to call out the nanny. I was obviously doing something wrong. Yeah. And um, the next day, like a light switch, I changed everything about my life. And I realized, and I made this very clear dedication to myself that the most important currency in my life was going to be the love of my children. Mm. That was going to be way more than any number on a bank statement. And I was going to do whatever I had to, to, as I said, win back their love because yeah. I had really taken them for granted in so many ways that they would just love me as a parent because I was their mom, but not being around, not being present, not being reliable was really the, the truth of it. And they were more connected to the nanny than to me. And I went on a pilgrimage, a true, mm -hmm. true emotional, heartfelt pilgrimage to reconnect with my kids on every possible level. I, uh, I, years later, I took them out of school. We went traveling around the world for a year on our own, just the three of us, um, them being from a broken home and their dad not being around also put me on a real path of making sure I was going to be a present parent. Yeah. And now my kids are almost teenagers. Well, they are, I've got a 15 year old and a 12 year old and a 14 year old. And I realized more than anything, I need to be in their lives more now than even before. They were, you know, learning as toddlers, their independence and finding their way and exploring the world. Now they're in the world in a deep way. And the world is filled with all kinds of things that are maybe not safe or alluring or need exp explanation mm -hmm. to. And yeah. they're in this cusp of deciding on their lives. And I think parents do an injustice by thinking their kids are independents when they're teenagers and that means they get to just be left to their own devices. And I'm, I'm really, really learning as a mom with brand new teenagers, like I need to be present, mm -hmm. completely present 
so much in their lives in what they're doing and how they're feeling and what they're thinking and who they're hanging out with and where they're going and, and the ideas that they're formulating based on social media and influences from other people. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So you took them on a wor- around the world trip. Mm-hmm. So homeschooled mm-hmm. basically. Well, I'll confess to you, I didn't homeschool them. Uh, I world schooled them. I literally, I just let them learn where we were, what we were doing. If we were standing in the middle of a, of a field that was, you know, from a great war, uh, we studied that. If we went to a museum and we would spend days at the Louvre and just, they would have their journals and their, and their sketchbooks and they would be writing and studying and reading and looking and, and then they'd go home and they would research more of what they, what they had done. We would be on a plane or we would be traveling and they would see different um, historical sites or different landmarks. And then we were off researching those. So I didn't technically homeschool them. I, I, they did do math and, and other things online. Yeah. Uh, but I really let them learn by association. Right. How do you see these benefiting them today? Now they're back in much more, not static, but in a place more rather than traveling around the world. Well, two things. I mean, they love traveling, but in mm-hmm. the same time now they love being at home. We, we try, I've right. tried to take them traveling again and they don't yes. want to leave. They <laughs> want to stay at home. They want to stay in school. They want to be in school. And yes. That's a real, you know, bonus as a parent when you have kids who want to be in school, they want to learn, they want structure, they want the socialization. Benefit of traveling, I feel, is, you know, if you met my kids, even my 12-year-old, you could have a very uh, in-depth conversation with Mm. her about politics, racism, prejudice, uh, socialism. I mean, they learned things. They saw kids who couldn't eat and they saw... Mm -hmm governments making you know decisions that they didn't seem were unfair they saw racism and so i feel the benefit for them is they they've their minds are much open to a bigger um a bigger concept of the planet as a as as we as a collective of humans not we're from canada and they're from india or we're you know we're white and they're not i mean it was a very they are they have such a broad uh, awakening to we are human beings and we all have a soul and we all have a purpose and we all have a reason to be here and we all are equal and 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 they see things so differently than how possibly you and I were raised mm, definitely my nephew he is half Indonesian half American and my brother is now living in Singapore and he will move to Australia so in, in a way our family setup is allowing my little nephew eventually to also experience the world in the way your children did. And there was, we feel there's, you know, it's it's a very appealing concept to educate the new generations because I think there's nothing that can replace experience or direct exposure. And this is something that I, that I get also from you that this profoundly touched them in a very, very deep way. I think too, the, the whole idea of cause and effect. I mean, when they go to school, they open up a book, they read a book, it's very passive. They understand that World War II took place at this particular time and this is the, these were the you know, sequence of events. It's, it's just concept for them. Yes. But when they are on a train and they've lost their way or they've lost their bag or they need to read the signs or they need to listen or they need to get out a map or they need to tap on someone's shoulder and say, can you help me? These are experiences that they are doing and they are creating neural pathways of, of a memory and of a, 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 there's the feeling, 
the need, the desire, the, 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 the worry, the nervousness, then the solution, the resolution, the reward. I mean, there's just so much going on. Yeah. And so they learn like, you know, triple speed compared to let's just read a book and, and intake data. Yeah. It adds to their resilience strength, Absolutely. doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And they're and they're self-worth. I mean, really, I think if when we let's go back to know thyself again, yes. it really is about self-worth, self-actualization, self-determination, this this real sense of like I as a human being, I can do this in the world. I can go out and perform or or achieve or like even this whole idea of self is that I sometimes don't need to do anything but just be. Mm. And I don't feel I ever got that as a kid. I mean, we were <laughs> was really like a do, 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 do life. They're really learning the concept of I am entirely okay just the way I am. Yeah. What brought you to this idea of taking them around the world? This is fantastic. Well, you know, this is a great story. I was a single mom. Uh, my, I hadn't received child support for, for years. I was struggling financially. I was in a city where I didn't have any family members. Um, my son was moving from grade six into junior high and the school wanted me to medicate him because they felt like he was just too, they didn't even use the word rambunctious. They said he asked too many questions. He just doesn't go with the flow. It'd be better if you medicated him so that he would just be more calm in class and he wasn't bothering the teacher so much. Oh no. And so I had a choice. Do I medicate my son? And my answer was no. And then, so they told me that they would fail him and make him repeat a grade. So I was really felt feeling this whole sense of somewhat victimization. I felt victimized yeah. by my ex not paying. I felt alone in this city. I felt like the school was completely not taking care of my son's best interests. I, I just didn't have anything going for me in that situation where I was. And I felt I felt angry. And mm. I remember sitting at my altar praying and meditating and asking God and just really wanting to make a major shift in my life. And the question that came to me was, if money wasn't an object, and if you didn't have to worry about finances, if it wasn't about a mortgage, like if you could just set aside all those things, what does your heart want? What do you really, 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 what would you really, really do if you had all the freedom and all the finances and all the capability? What would you do? And the immediate answer was, I take my kids out of school and travel. That was exactly, like I didn't even have to wait a moment. It just came to me mm -hmm. so quickly. And as soon as I said it, then my inner voice said, then you should do that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, wow, I should do that. And so, um, and so I, I sat on that for about 48 hours because the very right. next day I was driving the kids to school and it was, it was about, it was the end of May. And uh, I said to them in the car, what do you guys want to do for the summer? Yeah. And, um, we had been, we had traveled the year before and we'd done a bunch of stuff. They'd gone to their grandparents the year previous. I said, what do you guys want to do for the summer? And they said, how about we raise money for charity this year? And I was like, great idea. Yeah. What would you do? And my daughter said, oh, I would want to raise money for the turtles. And then my son said, oh, I'd want to raise money for the Great Barrier Reef. And then my daughter said, no, 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 let's help those kids in the Dominican Republic. And then my son said, oh, what about all the Syrian refugees? And they were just going on. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, well, why don't, we, why don't we help all of them? Why don't we raise money and help all those charities? You guys pick the charities you want and we'll raise enough money. And yeah. my daughter then said, 
mom, I'm happy to raise money, but I'd like to make sure it gets directly to them. So could we go to all those places and deliver the money ourselves? Ah. And uh, it was so amazing because I, we were sitting at a red light and I was a little bit daydreamy. I was kind of in my mind picturing us and all these different charities they were um, mentioning. And she said, could we go and deliver the money ourselves? And I said, of course we can. What a great idea. And I said it before my brain heard it. My mouth <laughs> said it before my brain. And I was like, I just said it. Yeah. And it was like this lightning bolt came in yeah. and God just said like, see, there's your answer. You just go. You've got the answer. And I really chuckled and I laughed and I knew it was a sign and I knew it was all meant to be. Yeah. And from that moment on, I was like, it's a done deal. Whatever we have to do, let's just make that happen. So how soon after that you left? Two months, two months. I wow. It was May and we left in August. So yes. I literally closed up my house. I sold a bunch of things. I sold my car. I put everything in storage. You know, when people think, oh, you must be so rich to travel around the world. The opposite. Like we went with hardly any money. Mm. I, I had to sell everything. I put everything in storage. I didn't have any savings. I sold my car. I had a few thousand dollars to get going. And we were just blessed to be we were doing charity work and yet we were living on much of the charity of people. People invite yeah. us to stay in their homes. People let us um, sleep on their couches. We, we worked in some of the different orphanages and some of the different th um, organizations that they yeah. supported us. Uh, we, you know, we flew at 2 a.m. in the morning so that we could be on the cheapest flights. Flight, yes. uh, we ate a bag of rice for a week and a carton oh. of eggs. We shared a banana. I mean, we just did it totally budget. But here's the thing, I, and I've had a lot of criticism from people about that, but here's the neat thing. I, I explained to people when I didn't have a mortgage and I didn't yeah. have a utility bill and I didn't have to pay parking every month and I didn't have a cable bill and I didn't, have, didn't take my kids to dance class and I didn't take my son to soccer, I had a lot of extra funds to actually support our travels. Yes. And, yes. you know, people said to me, like, I, we, we went ziplining in Costa Rica and it was expensive and people yeah. criticized me online. And I said, look, you pay every month for your daughter to take dance classes. This is sort of the same thing. Yeah. And, and so it just was, it was a shift in mindset because what happened was people thought, oh, it's so expensive for you to travel. But when you're in a third world country and you buy a bag of rice and, a, and two avocados and some eggs, that's way less than if you go to Starbucks. <laughs> That's true. Money goes a long way in a lot of places. <laughs> right. Yes. Right. And so people think like, oh, you're living on, on a dream. Well, we were in Dominican Republic and we stayed in a, we stayed in a tree house that had no walls and it was $12 a night to sleep there. It's amazing. The kids were terrified and there was bugs everywhere, but it was an experience. Yes. So people were like, oh, she's traveling. But it's like, it was $12 a night. Who in... <laughs> Who in the modern world would stay somewhere that was $12 a night? Yes, exactly. It's, and, it, and I think it's an amazing experience because when now when you talk about something, you feel it in your bones, right? You, you know what you're talking about because they've, they've been exposed to this. They've been there. They live there. They, they taste what, what the, the, the food and the, the water tastes like. It's amazing. It's amazing. So if there is one tip on parenting that you could share in relation to what is coming in our world, JB, because we haven't talked about that, right? What would you say? Well, it's a big question. And, you know, there's been, um, for a long time, I've been kind of a little bit 
cynical about the future because I feel like, what is it going to be like? What is, yes. what is it going to be like from 50 years from now? And I, I sometimes worry about my kids and think like, you know, is it going to be like Mad Max and Blade Runner and the apocalypse? Like, what is our life going to be like? Are we going to be fighting for water? And, mm. and, you know, people have chips in their arm that, you know, is their currency. And, but recently, um, and I've noticed this, especially with my youngest. So my youngest was at her first, you know, I would say, uh, personal development course when she was eight with mm -hmm. me. And she's learned about the universe and the power and thought and positive thinking. And, um, you know, that's been a norm for her. Yeah. So at 12, you know, she'll come home from school and say, oh, mom, the universe was so amazing today. You know what it provided for me at school? <laughs> like that's part of her normal language. Yeah. She'll come up to me and say, mom, how are you feeling? Do you, you know, do you need some of your love language right now? Because I have a few minutes that I could really, you know, pour into you and, and help you. Like, right. So <laughs> what I, what I, I know. <laughs> and, um, you know, my son will, will, you know, I, I'll be upset about something and my son will be like, mom, think about it for a minute. It's really not such a big deal. If you really think about it, it's not like he'll, he'll like, he'll be rationalizing with me and, and he'll be talking me off the rails, you know? So what I've noticed is this new paradigm of, of thought and, and consideration and compassion uh, is, is normal for them. Whereas for me, it's, it was something I had to teach myself at a later age. Yeah. Um, so I actually have this brand new affinity for the future because I feel like the kids who are growing up now with conscious parents and awakened parents and the new ability to think so much bigger than we ever thought before, they are going to take this planet to an amazing place. Mm. And consciousness is going to infiltrate and flood over any kind of negativity. And the new generation is going to want the world to survive and want to be inclusive with humanity. And that in alone is going to make the world a better place. Yeah, that's amazing. I, I'm happy new generations are like this. And thank you for your parenting also contributing to this. Thank you for saying that. So my one answer to parents is if you could do just one thing, yeah. just one thing, this is, and this goes to adults too, is I started this while I was traveling with my kids. We would wake up in the morning and I would say to them, what is going to make you happy today? Right. And uh, we had that freedom because they didn't have to get up, you know, groggily eat a muffin and go to school. So we had this freedom of what is going to make you happy today. And I really made them think about it. Mm. And some days they came up with frivolous things. Like I just want to go to the beach today and hang out. I just want to read a book today. I just want to stay inside. There's too much, it's too sunny outside. My skin is, you know, and I just really listened to them. I really listened. Mm. What's going to make you happy today? I just want to be together, mom. I just want to stay in bed and cuddle. Mm -hmm. And so I, I honored that whatever they said, I absolutely honored. And I'll tell you this one day, my daughter said, I want to see a great white shark. <laughs> okay. And I was like, Okay. Where are we going to find this? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know what? We were in Barcelona and I went online and Barcelona has this incredible aquarium ah, that has okay. 70, you know, cubic meters of underwater and they had great white sharks in the aquarium. Amazing. So I'm like, okay, get your, let's get the subway pass. We're going on an adventure. And um, I gave them like coordinates and addresses of how to get to the aquarium, not knowing we were going. And so they had to find their way on the subway and everything. And they had to walk on the street. And we came around the corner and there was this like 70 foot tall building with a giant picture on the side of a great white shark. And so I said to my daughter, see, you get what you manifest. There you go. This is another thing later. We're going to speak about <laughs> manifesting. <laughs>
but I, I taught them the idea of conceptualizing what is going to make you happy based on your own volition. Because kids nowadays are so tapped into computers and, and iPads and things that are just doing life for them. They're just being stimulated, stimulated, stimulated. And what I was so um, clear about in asking them what's going to make you happy today was making themselves generate their own ideas and then following through and being actually like self self generators of their own happiness because what i noticed was kids were happy with candy kids were happy with video games kids were happy with stimulation from computers they were happy on an app but they weren't creating their own happiness mm -hmm. yeah and and that was something i really got passionate about and, and we do that to this day the kids before they go to school i'll say what's gonna make you happy today and they'll say you know getting an a on my test or they'll say oh talking to my friend at lunch because we have this we're creating this new club or my son will say getting a you know uh application to the you know dairy queen after school so mm. they actually now associate their own um behavior and actions with their own happiness and it's an yeah. incredible linking system that you can put in your child's uh, neural pathways perfect perfect that was a Amazing, amazing advice. Now, before going to the manifesting <laughs> what you want, I want you to share your wisdom about relationship with oh, awesome. your life partner. <laughs> <laughs> This tends to make or break success in life, right? Absolutely, because I had a very successful company that was doing a million dollars a year and I was so unhappy. I was the unhappiest I have ever been. And I was in a relationship that was so not working well for both of us. And my health was suffering. My mindset was suffering. And my business ultimately suffered. I ended up closing that business because the emotional strain on me from the relationship was just mm -hmm. overwhelming. And I took four years off to just utterly be in service to myself and my own personal growth. And what I realized was those relationships not working was I was a hundred percent responsible for my 50% of it. Mm -hmm. And I read a really great book uh, that talked about, because, you know, one thing about women is they get out of a relationship and they want to get back into one. Yeah. And they feel incomplete without one. Yeah, And yeah. I really wanted to challenge that paradigm for me as a person. And every time I felt I needed to be in a relationship, I want to find someone, I want to meet someone. I would really go back to this book that I wrote. And it said, you should meet somebody at your very, very best because the right and perfect relationship partner is a mirror to you. Hmm. So if you're overweight, your part, that person's likely going to be overweight. If you've got financial problems, that person's likely going to have some financial problems. If you don't talk to your family, they probably are going to be estranged from their family. And so wherever you are at in your life, you're going to attract someone who is a mirror to that. And if you don't, let's say you're overweight and you attract someone who's super fit, it's going to be a problem because mm. you're going to feel insecure mm. and they're going to resent you. And yeah. if you're having tough finances and you reach someone really rich, then you're going to have problems because yeah. that person's going to resent picking up your problems and you're going to feel insecure because they've got more money. And so when I, when I thought about that, like, A, I don't want to meet somebody who's got the same problems and hangups that I've got. And B, I don't want to meet somebody who's, you know, all of so many women, like, I want to meet a gorgeous man who's so much money. He's just going to take me out of my disastrous life and fix everything for me. 
And I thought, well, how long is that going to last? How long is he going to want to be with somebody who is in a disastrous life and, and picking up the pieces for you? That doesn't last very long. So it was a real awakening for me of, of if I want to be in the right and perfect relationship for me, I need to be in the best shape of my life. And so I went on a three-year crusade, and this was while I was with my kids. And, and I absolutely, completely put up every single vibrational barrier while I was traveling with the kids that I was not going to meet anyone. I wasn't going to run into some, you know, person in the, in a cafe in Paris. I was absolutely not going to meet anyone while I was traveling with my kids because it was all about my kids. I yeah. absolutely wanted it to be about my kids. And I told myself that I really needed to work on my health. I need to work on my fitness. I needed to be in the best shape of my life. I needed to work on my finances. I need to work on my relationships with my family. I needed to work on myself. Yeah. And I went on that absolute devoted um, exploration and it was wonderful and fun and fulfilling. And, and I recommend it to any single person who is single or looking to just stop for a moment and, and, and park that mm -hmm. and really work on yourself. Who do you want to be? Who do you want to be with your clothes off naked at night? Who do you want to be when you, when the bill comes for dinner? Who do you want to be when it's nine o'clock in the morning and you know, you, you're sitting having coffee by yourself? Like, who do you want to be? Who do you want to show up as? Who do you want to be known for? How do you want to, what do you want to bring to the relationship? If yeah. you have all of those thoughts in mind, it's a very, very different experience in how you create a relationship. Yeah. And this is what in this is the the relationship you're in. Yes, I'm so <laughs> blessed. I'm so blessed to say after all of that yes. work, I met the most divine and perfect uh, partner, far exceeding my expectations, even on my own. The total man of my dreams, and I and I honestly say that you know I prayed for him. I prayed for him in so many ways because I I kept asking the universe for exactly what I wanted. I got really 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 clear on what was important to me, and I journaled about it. I wrote about it, and whenever I envisioned who that person needed to be, I kept asking myself, "Well, are you that person?" Mm -hmm. And it really elevated me to another level, so much so that I remember very distinctly, it was my birthday, and I was traveling with my kids, and, and we were all alone, and I was the happiest I have ever been, and I remember saying to myself, if this is my life, if this is what I get until I die, I'm completely content. Mm -hmm. If I never meet anyone, if I never find a partner, I so love my life, I so love my own company. Um, my own, and I mean like company with JB, yes. I so love hanging out with, with, and what I'm up to, I love my kids. If this is all I get, if this is going to be my relationship in life is with myself, I'm completely content. Yeah. And of course, as soon as I said that, I met Peter like, you know, <laughs> two weeks ago. <laughs> but this is exactly what you were saying earlier. When you get to that version of you and being at peace with everything in your life, then the kind of person that matches that may come in and he did. yeah yeah and it's so it's so true when they say like you want it want it want it wish 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 hope 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 you block all of the potential for what is meant to happen and and then the whole other thing about expectations like you know i was there was a time when i was you know in my home in my town in my great little house in, with my kids going to their school and i thought oh i'm going to meet one of the other single dads at school and, and a hockey dad because my son plays hockey and i had put this little box around who i was going to meet which is so 
you know, disastrous to try and find the right and perfect person. Cause sorry to say, but God has a plan and, you know, and, and you don't know how it's all going to manifest and trying to put it into that box just blocks what's really meant to happen. Yes. That's, this is a beautiful story. I love your story with Peter. And you Thank know, you just to that. add to that story, one yeah. more thing to add to that story. Peter and I, we we didn't really date. We we met while we were traveling, and we um, had wonderful experience to just meet each other. And I immediately, when I met him, was not labeling him as like, is he the guy? Is he the one? How should I behave? Do I like him? Does he like me? You know, what do I need to do? Yeah, I I met him, and we were completely in no way was on either one of our radars about being in a relationship. We were actually both not wanting to be in a relationship, which was really cool. So we didn't play the game. And Mm -hmm. for me, the game is, you know, pretending to be someone you're not just telling the person all about the good things about you, trying to live up to an expectation, you know, putting on your best behavior, all of those things really for me blocked the flow of really knowing who, Mm. who he was and who I was. And we got to know each other completely with no romance at all involved. And that was so fun because I just got to be me. I I, I was a woman and I, I, he saw me put my makeup on. He saw me like arguing with my kids. He saw me, you know, with my underwear on the clothing line, you know, he saw me doing charity work. I mean, he just got to see me being me and that, and I, and the same for, for me seeing him. And I think that's what, really created the relationship and the love is because it wasn't around a pretentious example or idea of who we should be acting like. Thank you for that. And now finally, we get to the last part. JV as the businesswoman. And I I feel like, you know, reading out the three businesses that I mentioned earlier, they're all actually serving similar purpose, all of them coming from different angle. Is that right? Yeah, that's okay. true. I really have shifted and altered my business into being what is going to serve others, what is going to yeah. serve humanity. And I call it the golden triangle. Okay. Because I did businesses before that, uh, in fact, one of my very most successful businesses that crashed and burned was, it started out really great. We were making lots of money. And then we made that shift into what's just going to make money. You know, how are we going to dominate the industry? How are we going to, you know, be better than the other guy? We're going to undercut him and we're going to sell cheaper and we're going to do this. And suddenly this, this mentality infused into my business that was, was all about the bottom line, all about making money, all about selling what was sellable, all about jumping on a fad, all about just making money. And it became, it, it, it literally destroyed me on an, on an emotional and physical level. Uh, I was the unhealthiest I've ever mm-hmm. been. I promised myself after that, if, when I started a, my next company, that it would have a purpose to it. It would have a meaning to it. It would have a three-prong uh, solution to it. It would help others. It would do something for the environment, and it would, you know, be cost-effective. It would be, it would be more. People would save more money by buying my product than they would by not. And that was right. something that really became important to me. That's amazing, really amazing. So, Lotus Liner, do you want to speak a, bit, a little bit about it? Sure. Yeah. So I started a company called Lotus Liners, which is a washable feminine product for women uh, during their menstruation. And like people chuckle and sneer when I talk about it because they're like, what? (laughs) And um, for me, it was, there was so many layers to it. First of all, 
there's this huge health concern with women using disposable yeah. products. There's a massive amount of environmental impact by disposable products in, yes. land, in our water systems. Uh, women's health are severely um, challenged by disposable products. They're costly. Uh, women have to buy them every month. Like there's just all of these parameters around it that for me, you know, screamed problem, problem, yes. problem, problem for the woman, problem for the environment, problem for finances. And so in my creative brain, I was like, how could we solve this? How could we fix this? How could, why, why isn't this easy? It actually, it was more like, why isn't it? It should be. It's so, it's so obvious that mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be unhealthy. It doesn't need to be clogging up our landfills. And so I just went on a crusade to how do how could we fix this? How can we make it fun? How can we make it fashionable? How can we make it affordable? And I just I really become my own customer. And so I was like, well, what would I want? What yeah. would I want it to look like? How would how much would I want it to cost? What would be what would be a win win for me? Yes. And I did the same thing with Ignite. I yeah. you know I've I've been in many different self help programs. I've done lots of different courses. I've taken lots of different um, events where you get lots of paperwork and lots of ideas and lots of notes and then you go home and it's like well now what mm -hmm. and so many people i knew were uh wanting to be published they wanted to tell their story they wanted to be bestsellers they wanted to be out there in the market but they didn't have the funds or the means or the experience or the knowledge and so once again i looked at the problem and i thought well what would i want as a customer yeah. You know, yeah. I would want it to be easy. I'd want it to be affordable. I'd want it to be a community. I'd want it to be, I, I want to, I would want all these components to it. And so I just really made sure that we over delivered. We gave people mm. everything they needed in, in all of my companies. That's kind of been my mandate. Like how can we serve the customer so they can have a better experience with Lotus liners, with Ignite, with JBO global, how do we make it? so that the customer feels like they got way more than what they thought they were going to get and it made their life easier better uh more sustainable you know more enjoyable more profitable how do you take care of yourself in the midst of all this jp <laughs> sorry i really have to ask <laughs> so there's a couple of things I really, yeah. really work on my mindset. And, and I, you know, here's, I, I will, I'll admit this because I, another person has asked me the same thing and, and I, I answered it this way. I'm just like you. I, I have doubt and I have insecurities and I second guess myself and I have the same voice that everybody else has in their head. Mm -hmm. But I have a bigger voice that mm -hmm. said, whatever, you can do it. Or don't listen to that. Or let's figure it out. Or you know what will work? So I get the same, oh, what are you thinking? Or that's ridiculous, or it'll never work. I, I do hear that. It's but yeah. it's it's over the years it's become fainter and fainter. But it is there, no lie. But yeah. I have this much bigger voice, much louder voice that says, Okay, Mr. Nagy Nim, I've got a better idea. Or you know what? You can think that that's not gonna work, but I'm gonna show you how we can make it work. Yeah. And so I think for many people. They have the two voices, but yes. they listen to the negative one more. Yeah. They let that one be louder. And so I told my kids, just turn that volume down. Mm -hmm. Like when some, when it says like, you're never going to score a goal from this team because they're the best team in the league. I say to my son, you just turn that volume right down and you turn up the other volume that says, yeah, but you know what? We're a pretty great team in the league too. And we can do it. And I said, you just turn up the volume, turn up yeah. the volume on the positive and turn down the neg volume on the negative. And just try it because 
the, it's all a mindset. It's all a belief system. If you believe that you can get up tomorrow and you can lose 20 pounds and you believe it's going to happen, then go and do it. And are you going to have that voice that says, oh yeah, I just have the ice cream. It's no big deal. You just turn that volume down and you turn up the one that says, you know what? I want to look fabulous next yeah. summer in my bikini. You know what? I want to be able to run up and down the stairs and chase my, my four-year-old and have fun and play. You know what? I want to, I actually want to, and you just turn up the volume of what you want and turn down the volume of the negative side. So that's what I do. Yeah. Perfect. So this is, would be, this also would be one of your tips to manifest. Absolutely. So, okay. so that's absolutely one of my tips. Just turn up the volume of what you can do and what you know you can do. And then my second tangible tip would be just do 1% each day. Everybody can get up. You can get up in your house coat and your slippers. It totally exhausted. And you can tell yourself, you know what, I'm going to turn up the volume today and say, I can do this. And I'm going to put 1% of energy into making my website, mm -hmm. creating my business card, creating my sales funnel writing out my program. I'm just going to put 1%, 1% today. I'm going to write 1%. And we all have lists and we yes. all have things and I should have and could have and would have. Forget that. Put that aside. Today, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do 1% more towards what it is I want. If it's working out, if it's making money, it's saving. One, today, I'm going to put $1 in a secret jar in the back of the cupboard and that's going to be my thing today. And then reward yourself mentally for doing that. You know mm -hmm. what? I actually, I actually did do 1% on my website today. Great job. Pat yourself on the back. Good job. Feel the endorphins of accomplishing something. Reward yourself. Yeah. Give yourself that, that kudo. Don't say, yeah, but, yeah, but you didn't do more. Mm. No, no, no. Celebrate what you did. Do 1% today because tomorrow you're going to do 1% again. And the next day you're going to do 1% more. And in 30 days, you're going to have 30% more done than you did when you started. Yes. And in 60 days, you're going to be at the halfway mark. And in 90 days, you are going to have 90% of that project done. Yes. And just take it 1% per day. Consistently. Consistently. Doing. Every day. Every day you wake up and you, you throw away the list and you say, what is the 1% I'm going to do today? And you can get like ninja like me. And I'm like, okay, what's the 1% I'm going to do in all my four quadrants? What's the 1% I'm going to do today with my kids? 1% I'm going to do with my health, 1% with my finances. Or I have like four, okay, today in my, I'm going to do 1% on my funnel. I'm going to do 1% with my editing. I'm going to do 1% with my, uh, you know, new project that I've got on the plate. But I just, I, I incrementally move each one a little bit up 1%. Yeah. Some people think that this is ridiculous. Some people are like, take one project, make that from stop, top to bottom and work it through. That's great. But I have multiple companies and multiple different yeah. projects that have different needs. And That's so true. I like to move it up 1% each day. And some days, you know, I'll steal 1% from my, uh, for, for example, from my new projects and I'll add it into my health and wellness. And so today yes. I'm going to do 2% because I'm going to do, I'm going to go for yoga and go for a walk and, you know, spend some time with my kids. So yeah. I just, it's like, it's kind of a game, you know, people like kind of shake their heads because like you're playing a lot of games. You're turning the volume down and turning the volume up. You're not listening to no, and you're then moving your 1% around. And I, and I kind of laugh because as I said at the very beginning, like, I like to make it fun. Why not make it fun? It shouldn't be arduous or difficult. God puts you on this earth to have a great time to be the fullest expression of yourself. So why not make it fun? Why, and whatever that fun is for you. Some yes. people love pie charts. Some people love to put color codes, color tabs on their computer. Some people like to put post-it notes on their door, like whatever it is. 
make it a game, make it fun, put some reward into it, get your endorphins going, add some value to it so that you're invested and you see what you are accomplishing because we can all sit around and say, oh, I didn't get that done. I could, I could have spent this entire podcast telling you what I didn't get done yesterday. <laughs> There's no point. <laughs> so thank you for that. Amazing tips. And uh, now how can people find you? Are you going to release more books, no? Yeah, absolutely. So our goal is 12 books in 12 months. We are, we are, we've got five more books coming out. So if you'd like to be an published author, if you'd like to join amazing other people who are doing some fabulous things on the planet and just really be a part of a community of like-minded, positive, outgoing, fun, you know, adventurous people who really want to add a level of consciousness and positivity and um, connectedness to this uh, planet. This is what Ignite is all about. Ignite your life so you can ignite others. You can absolutely become one of our authors. Just reach out to us at igniteyou.life. If you wanna have a product built, so that's my other company, JBO Global, we build products, we help manufacture in Asia, we take people's concept, their doodles on a napkin, and we produce it into a product that they want, you can reach me at jboglobal at gmail.com. And if you would like Lotus Liners, lotusliners.com, you can purchase them online. If you just want to reach out to me directly, I'm happy to take your email, it's jb at igniteu.life. And you can find us online at www.igniteu.live and you can see what we're doing for our books. There's so many different ways to get involved. Most importantly, you are who you surround yourself with. So if you've got people around you that are pulling you down or just not invested in your dreams or don't believe that you can do it, those are the people that you get to sort of spend less time with and move into a new realm of people who absolutely want to empower you and inspire you. And, and that's what uh, Ignite and all of the things that I'm doing is really about. How do we inspire and empower others? On that note, I can confirm everything she says. Being in her tribe, I get everything she was just saying. <laughs> you and your tribe has helped me to uplift myself to the next level, JB. So thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for your time and wisdoms that you just shared with us. You got it anytime, darling. Love you and blessings to all of you and your listeners. Take care. Before you go, I only have one more message for you. JB and I are just two ordinary people who believe that we can create the life that we want. So, if this is your time, and you want to have support in transforming your life, reach out to me via www.upliftmylife.today or directly email me at astuti at upliftmylife.today Remember, your time is now and you are never too late. In the meantime, stay inspired, keep on taking actions, and... See you in the next episode. Bye for now.